Baco opens to impact lenders. Non-profit organization, Progreso Foundation, through their coffee trading platform, Baco, have begun accepting impact lenders. The network is a breakthrough innovation, that is meant to not only make trade finance more efficient and accessible, but also to ensure the delivery of quality coffee to buyers, traders, and roasters around the globe. Many producer organizations struggle with gaining access to finance. Often, credit requests are below the minimum threshold, and too time-consuming to be meaningful for a financier. Therefore, it was imperative for Baco to bridge the gap between producer capital needs and the requirements from impact lenders, said Isabel Van Bemelen, Managing Director, Baco and Progreso Foundation. Impact lenders devise their own procedures, requirements, and fees. To reduce the risks in such transactions, they tie credit lines to export agreements that are signed on Baco. Through this, impact lenders can improve efficiency while verifying and tracking contract execution in real time. Meanwhile, producer organizations are able to request financing from impact lenders directly through the platform and build a credit history for future loans. Progresso Managing Director Isabella Van Bemelen told Bartalks that the lender's fees range from 9 to 12% on a yearly basis. Credits are typically only required for a few months during the harvest export season, because trade finance is volatile and dependent on the user's capacity to import and export. Oikocredit and Rabo Foundation are the first impact lenders active on Baco, which agreed on a quicker scheme of analyzing credit applications that they receive, provided that all information submitted to them is complete. We finance more than 500 coffee contracts per year, and monitoring is very labor-intensive. By digitalizing the process, we can work more efficiently and support even more smaller cooperatives, said Edward Walkers, Regional Director LAC, Oikocredit in Peru. Currently, production companies are capitalizing on the synergies provided by Baco. Frutos de Selva, a cooperative that is composed of 137 Peruvian families, got funding for its export contracts, enabling them to export coffee on schedule and to the required standard. Following this initial experience, they sought out new customers and negotiated contracts for the following year, boosting their sales and helping all the affected families. Although Baco was originally developed for coffee, the company expressed willingness to set it up for cocoa as well, because of the several requests they received. As a foundation, we are dependent on donations to support those big developments, but we would be very keen on doing so. We are reaching out to potential funders in order to do so, as we receive a lot of requests and have gathered much experience in developing, maintaining and onboarding the last four years since we launched Baco for Coffee. The financier profile is already compatible for both, as financing coffee or cocoa contracts has the same structure, said Progresso Managing Director. Founded in Amsterdam, Progreso is an NGO with more than 20 years of expertise assisting producer organizations for coffee and cocoa to establish successful enterprises. The foundation introduced a blockchain-based network for trading coffee in 2018, by the name Beyond Coffee, or Baco. The platform helps producer organizations gain access to markets and funding, while assisting dealers and roasters in offering their customers traceable coffees. Through QR codes, Baco can be used to share sustainability initiatives, such as CO2 reductions. 
with 250 buyers and traders, largely from Europe, Asia, and North America, and 350 sellers from Latin America, Africa, and Asia. Baco's compensation and impact initiatives currently have over 600 active users in the coffee value chain. CBP finds fentanyl worth over $1 million in coffee and food products. Fentanyl worth more than $1 million was recently found concealed in several different food items, including coffee cans. Drug smugglers like using coffee products for smuggling operations, as the strong smell of the coffee can mask the drugs from sniffer dogs. Fentanyl is a synthetic opioid that is 50 to 100 times stronger than morphine. Pharmaceutical fentanyl was developed for pain management treatment of cancer patients, applied in a patch on the skin. The incident occurred at the Ote Mesa port of entry along the U.S.-Mexico border in California, in a news statement from Customs and Border Protection. On July 3, at about 10.50 p.m. local time, the on-duty CBP agents at the port of entry came across two men who were trying to enter the U.S. The two men, aged 50 and 43, were operating a 2005 GMC Yukon and presenting officials with their passports and a California identification card, said CBP. They were taken into custody by U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Homeland Security Investigation, and eventually sent to the Metropolitan Correctional Center in San Diego, according to the press release. Upon a quick inspection of the men's car, CBP agents found multiple packages wrapped in plastic, concealed inside food products. After discovering the packages, CBP officials made a thorough search and discovered 46 packages containing fentanyl hidden within flour bags, ground coffee cans, creamer cans, and powdered milk cans. The said packages seized by the CBP agents contained 42.46 pounds of fentanyl powder and 59.08 pounds of fentanyl pills. The illegal narcotics collectively have a street value of more than $1.2 million, authorities said. Following the seizure, and Marisich, CBP's deputy director of field operations in San Diego, stated, We are seeing a rise in fentanyl smuggling attempts. Our officers are working vigilantly to prevent the entry of this dangerous drug. Our field office is also diligently working on mitigating the risks involved with seizing this lethal narcotic. Fentanyl is a synthetic opioid that is 50 to 100 times stronger than morphine, the Drug Enforcement Administration said. Fentanyl is added to heroin to increase its potency, or be disguised as highly potent heroin. Clandestinely produced fentanyl is primarily manufactured in Mexico. Law enforcement agents in Colorado stopped a driver, who was found to be carrying 114 pounds of pure fentanyl powder earlier in the month. Moreover, following the recent discovery of roughly 1 million fake fentanyl pills in a home in California, the DEA stated it was the largest seizure of fentanyl pills the DEA has made in California. CBP officials and law enforcement organizations across the U.S., have continued issuing warnings about the dangers associated with the drug and intercepting it over the past several months. As early as April, the DEA warned officials across the country of a rise in fentanyl-related mass overdose events. Already this year, numerous mass overdose events have resulted in dozens of overdoses and deaths. Drug traffickers are driving addiction and increasing their profits by mixing fentanyl with other illicit drugs. 
Tragically, many overdose victims have no idea they are ingesting deadly fentanyl until it's too late, said in Milgram, Administrator, DEA. GCP and P4F collaborate to boost farmer livelihood. Global Coffee Platform and Partnership for Forests recently signed a joint agreement that will explore and promote agroforestry practices in the coffee regions of East Africa. The new partnership signed in June 2022 between P4F, a UK government-funded programme, and GCP, aims to improve the income of farmers by producing coffee sustainably. The partnership's first phase will run from September 2022 until July 2023, whose goals include connecting with local stakeholders and introducing them to the programme's ideas. The alliance will strengthen the new GCP Collective Action Initiative, Youth for Coffee in Uganda, as well as the national sustainability curricula in the area. The Kenyan and Tanzanian populations in particular, will benefit from the lessons learned from this program. Countries of East Africa have been favourites for many coffee lovers around the world. The medium to full-bodied coffees with pleasant floral and fruity notes from this region, are sought after, especially for their rich acidity, that is perfect as single-origin beans or part of a blend. But as in many other coffee regions, East Africa too, is threatened by climate change. One of the proposed solutions that can tackle this problem, and improve both quality and sustainability practices, is agroforestry. It is likened to a closed ecosystem, where various plants create a microclimate together, and can even nurture each other, effectively eliminating the need for fertilizer and other additives. Such a system can see an increase in pollinators, carbon sequestration, and biodiversity. By exploring with Partnerships for Forests, the nexus between farmer income and agroforestry practices, we can look forward to viable learnings and results both on farmer prosperity, while at the same time ensuring sustainable practices for coffee production, in line with regenerative agriculture, said Annette Pensale, Executive Director, GCP. Shade-grown coffee is a byproduct of regenerative agriculture, and is popular among sustainably conscious people. It leads to higher pricing on account of both sustainability and quality, because shaded cherries often mature longer and provide denser beans. Intercropping, a practice that includes cultivating two or more crops together on the same plot of land, also provides farmers with an additional source of food and revenue. Ben Askenaki, P4F Regional Director for East Africa, hopes the partnership will mobilize large-scale investments that integrate regenerative practices and sustainable landscape governance in the sector at the regional level. Madagascar's Foreign Affairs Minister says government to sign the new ICA 2022. London, July 11, 2022, His Excellency, Mr. Richard Rendria Mandreto, Minister of Foreign Affairs of the Republic of Madagascar, paid a courtesy visit to the International Coffee Organization's Executive Director, Ms. Venusia Noguera, at the ICO headquarters in London on July 7. This visit marked an occasion to reinforce the existing cooperation between Madagascar and the ICO and lay the foundations for enhanced collaboration to further revitalize the Malagasy coffee sector. During the visit, the minister officially announced that the government of Madagascar will sign the International Coffee Agreement 2022 once it opens for signature in October. Madagascar is the 23rd largest coffee producer in the world, 
primarily a high-quality robusta producer, and the country's success with other high-value crops such as vanilla, has created optimism that Arabica coffee cultivation will increase in the future, promoting the speciality coffee market. The country's strong domestic consumption also represents a huge potential for value addition and supply chain development. The prospects for increased collaboration with the ICO, in particular, potential opportunities to engage with the ICO's coffee public-private task force in the field, represent an opportunity for Madagascar to optimize its engagement with the ICO. I am looking forward to concretizing what we have discussed, especially regarding the ambition to have Madagascar as a future country of implementation of the CPPTF's pilot projects, said Mr. Richard Randria Mandreto, Minister of Foreign Affairs, Republic of Madagascar. Through its 2020-2030 roadmap, the CPPTF pursues new commitments towards a prosperous, sustainable and inclusive coffee sector. Most crucially, its pilot projects focus on promoting initiatives, such as targeted producer support programs, as a means of achieving social and economic progress in coffee-producing countries, while protecting natural resources. The ICO's executive director called for the rapid appointment of a national focal point to enhance the country's representation within the ICO's activities, including those undertaken by the CPPTF, and invited the minister to the forthcoming 134th International Coffee Council session, scheduled to take place in Bogota, Colombia, where the ICA 2022 will officially open for signature. I am looking forward to a strengthened and continuing cooperation between ICO and the Republic of Madagascar that will serve the best interests of the two sides, transforming the sector's challenges into tremendous opportunities, said Venusia Noguera, Executive Director, ICO. The meeting was a significant milestone for the future of Madagascar's membership in the ICO and an important step forward for Malagasy Coffee's future positioning in the international market. The minister was accompanied by Mr. Tojunarina Remaralehi, Charge d'Affaires of the Embassy of Madagascar to the United Kingdom, and Mrs. Olivia Rekatonarina, Councillor at the Embassy of Madagascar. The executive director was accompanied by the head of finance and administration, the chief economist, the statistics coordinator, and the statistics consultant. OFI supports coffee supply chain on resiliency amid market volatility. Olam Food Ingredients, one of the leading green coffee origin exporters in the world today, announces that its coffee teams in 18 origins around the world have reached 105,000 farmers with sustainability support, over halfway towards a target of 200,000 by 2025. The support covers training, technical assistance, fertilizer and seedlings, access to higher value markets, and has translated into various productivity and income improvements for farmers under OFI's managed sustainability programs. These include 32% average yield increases for farmers in San Martin, Peru, and certification premiums worth $830,000 distributed amongst 14,000-plus farmers in Aceh and North Sumatra regions in Indonesia. These achievements are part of Coffee Lens, Livelihoods, Education, and Nature at Scale, OFI's sustainability ambition for the future of coffee, and published in the first impact report. It sets out the progress made, 
in collaboration with customers and partners across 40-plus sustainability projects against its 2025 goals, which include targets on farmer livelihoods, child labor prevention, and climate action. Since the launch of these targets in October 2020, coffee prices have recovered from a four-year low to reach record highs. However, Vivek Verma, CEO Coffee at OFI, points out that this will only offer temporary respite to the world's 12.5 million smallholders and is therefore a compelling reason to maintain focus on scaling up action. The already better of farmers with larger farms are those that stand to benefit most from periods of high prices. Meanwhile, the increasing volatility of the coffee price cycle that we have witnessed for over 40 years, combined with the impacts of climate change, is raising questions over the viability of smallholder coffee production. Coffee Lens is challenging us to do more to contribute to a fairer, more resilient coffee future, while continuing to deliver high-quality sustainable ingredients to our roasters and manufacturing customers, said Vivek Verma, CEO Coffee at OFI. The report also shares other key milestones, including the introduction of a digital child labor monitoring and remediation system, planting to million trees to promote regenerative agriculture, rejuvenating soils across land equivalent to 11,000 football fields, and the ability to offer customers verified traceability for 100% of its directly sourced coffee. The data collected by OFI at farm level feeds into the Sustainability Insights platform at source, providing customers with the social and environmental footprint of their coffee purchases, which then informs continuous improvement programs. The level of data and insight we now have at our fingertips helps us identify how and where to act with our partners. Now, we need to bring in more partners from industry, governments, and NGOs to our existing programs to scale up impact. I'm confident that together, we can build on what we have achieved to deliver our longer-term goals while supporting our purpose to be the change for good food and a healthy future, said Verma. We welcome the public commitments OFI has set for its coffee business. Big businesses have the power and resources to implement sustainability solutions on a massive scale, catalyzing positive change for critically important landscapes and the livelihoods for millions of rural people. We invite OFI to continue the journey with Rainforest Alliance towards a world where people and nature thrive together, said Erica Costin-Smith, Rainforest Alliance. Kima Coffee NACE, present Best of Yemen Auction 2022. 29 green coffees, including two that score 90 plus, have been named winners in 2022 Best of Yemen Coffee Competition, with an online auction scheduled for Tuesday, August 9. Involving a partnership with Yemen Coffee Trader, Kima Coffee, the Best of Yemen auction was the first coffee auction held under the private collection auction banner of the United States-based nonprofit, the Alliance for Coffee Excellence. Presenting coffee as a potential pathway for peace and prosperity within the country, whose people have suffered from a civil war for nearly eight years, the coffee auction is designed to connect coffee farmers to premium markets.
10% of all proceeds will help Yemeni producers access climate-smart best agricultural practices training, genetically verified varieties, and innovative climate adaption strategies like rainwater catchment and artificial shade through the Kima Foundation. For 2022, the list of auction coffees reflects three different processing methods, 19 natural process, 3 slow-dried process, and 7 alchemy process, which AC describes as a combination of pressure, temperature control, gas regulation and managed drying. Aside from two SL28 and one bourbon variety of Arabica, all the coffees are the Eumenia variety. More than 400 samples, from approximately 2,900 farmers countrywide, were evaluated by national judges, before a tasting panel of 30 coffee specialists from around the world identified the 29 winners. 15 of the 29 winners came from Hema Karigia, a coffee-growing region located in the west of Sana, where at least 1,000 families grow coffee. It was a huge surprise for me. I want to now immerse myself in my coffee farms and put all my energy and motivation into improving my quality, said Hiftela El Hemi, first place winner, 2022 Best of Yemen Coffee Competition. Starbucks Workers Union believes store closures are revenge. In response to Starbucks' decision to close 16 of its cafes, a group of employees from the union, organizing employees at different Starbucks branches around the U.S., has filed a labor complaint. According to, in these times, Starbucks Workers United, which has recently spearheaded efforts to unionize more than 130 U.S. outlets, has filed a complaint with the National Labor Relations Board alleging unfair labor practices. The Seattle employees who made the allegation said that the company's decision to close the 16 outlets was an act of revenge and union busting. Starbucks said in two letters that it has decided to close the stores located in Seattle, Los Angeles, Portland, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C., because of safety concerns written by the staff at the locations mentioned in incident reports. According to Starbucks, the accusations included anything from drug use by customers and members of the public, to racism directed at employees and mental health crises. If Starbucks truly cared about its partner's safety, it would bargain about ways to ensure their protection, not displace workers by closing stores, said Marina Multop, legal counsel, SBWU. One of the unionized stores that will be shut down on July 31st is the 505 Union Station Starbucks branch in Seattle, where an employee posted a notice on the door of the store saying the company is unfair and disingenuous. Bar Talks previously reported that the coffeehouse chain giant is infamous for being unwelcoming of union movements. Howard Schultz, the current Starbucks CEO, once said that pre-union workers don't really understand the situation and how unionization might affect the future. In contrast, a Starbucks spokesperson said, we're empowering local leaders who have emphasized repeatedly that they care deeply about creating a safe and welcoming environment in the community. The company is renewing its commitment to safety, kindness, and welcoming in our stores. The need to negotiate solutions to handle the safety issues raised by Starbucks employees at some locations has contributed to the push for unionization among them. Starbucks' Debbie Stroud and Denise Nelson, who are in charge of the company's U.S. operations, wrote a letter to staff members on Tuesday, 
informing them that the company would give managers the authority to restrict seating, scale back operations, and close restrooms to deal with safety concerns. In 2018, the company's policy on restricting access to restrooms was reviewed, following an incident at the Philadelphia Starbucks at 18th and Spruce, where two black men were detained at the store for refusing to order anything and insisting on waiting for their friend. One of them was also denied access to the restroom, as the pair had not bought anything from the store. It wasn't just the refusal to give access, but the way in which the store manager handled the situation that gave rise to protests and widespread critical media coverage. The company subsequently apologized publicly and committed to improving access to restrooms. The company's open-door practices at its outlets have resulted in unionized workers urging the management to find solutions and increase security, according to Josie Serrano, a Los Angeles SBWU organizer and barista. So if we were able to have a fair shot at bargaining with the company over our safety concerns, we wouldn't need to close the store because we would be able to add more security to these stores, said Serrano. SBWU's labor complaint seeks injunctive relief for workers at the 16 affected Starbucks locations, which would expedite a court order as the case proceeds in the coming months. A similar situation is playing out in New York, where workers at two unionized stores in the Buffalo area are requesting injunctive action because they believe management there violated labor laws. In December 2021, a Starbucks store in Buffalo, New York was the first to form a union with 27 votes in favor of it and 19 against. Shortly after, a union at a second store in the same city was approved by the National Labor Relations Board. The company has been fighting each unionization vote with everything it has, including some ethically questionable tactics.